Hey friends, welcome to This Good Word. Steve Weens, as always, your host. And last week I interviewed Jennifer Don Watts, my new friend that's a therapist in Calgary, Alberta. She's also the creator of these cool 12-step churches in Calgary and Los Angeles. And um, she's also just super funny. So, so anyway, after I interviewed her, she's like, wait a minute, I want to interview you now. And so she did. And even days later, after the, the conversation we had, I was just thinking about some of the questions that she asked and some of the ways that uh, she made me think uh, about things in a little bit of a different way. Um, and so I think you're going to enjoy this. I hope you do, because I did. And um, you're going to get into my world a little bit through the mind of Jen. So uh, without any further ado, here's my conversation with Jen. Enjoy. Um, okay, so what what are we looking at time-wise, just so that I know when your hard stop is, yeah. as they say in the biz? Um, you know, I have... Th- also, do you say content? Because I think you do. What do you say? Content. Content. It's yeah. not content. No, no you, you say, I want to create good... You're like, I want to create good content. That's that's Minnesota. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. So, okay. like, as far as Minnesotans go, and I'm not officially, but I am. I mean, I've lived okay. here long enough, so... I would say I probably don't have a real strong Minnesota accent, but there definitely is. It's in there. It's in there. It's in there. Okay. Well, I want to create good content today too. So what's your like golden time frame? Like anything between 30 minutes and 45 or 35 and 60? I don't have a, I don't have a golden. I think if it's interesting, people will listen. Okay. Okay. Amazing. Okay. Well, let's do it. I'm excited. I'm excited to get to know you better. This is going to be pretty sweet. It's kind of like that whole free therapy thing for me. Mm, Well, I'm, I am getting free therapy, so I'm very excited about it. Winning. Winning for sure. Okay. So do we just start now? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You're not allowed to say, I forgot. You're not allowed to say. I made a promise. I was like, when is he going to say it? I'm like, oh yeah, he's not going to say it. Okay. Okay, I'm ready. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Um, first of all, I'm a little bit nervous. Good. And it doesn't go away. So I'm wondering if you ever get nervous. Like I know for me when I still, when I meet with a new client, it's been this long. I get a little bit like, it's weird. I get a little bit of something. I don't know. I think it's because you're revealing part of yourself or something. You know what I mean? So do you ever get that? Like, do you ever get nervous? Because I know you've been doing this podcast for a long time now, like four years, Mm -hmm. lots of interviews do, or, you know, you speak a lot, like your pastor, do you still get nerves? I really do, actually. In fact, just this last Sunday, before I was going to preach now, we're we're starting this, um, we're starting our LGBTQIA plus inclusion conversation, which will be a six-month journey. And this Sunday was sort of the first step. And so I think I was, I was, I was definitely nervous for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think part of, I just heard someone talk about this, that they being nervous is, is somewhat what's happening inside, but also I would assume you're the same way. I know I am. It's like, I pick up on other people's stuff, right? I pick yeah. up on other people's nervousness and that can sometimes affect me in ways that I don't even realize. And so um, so definitely I get nervous. I mean, in fact, super, I mean, when I interviewed Rob Bell a year and a half ago or so, 
if you have listened to that, please don't tell me. Please do not tell me. <laughs> but I was so, I mean, a couple of my friends said like, okay, dude, you were fine. You were fine. But oh my gosh, I could tell how nervous you were. <laughs> and really? I was. Yeah, so certain, you know, certain people, I think for certain reasons, I get more and more nervous, but, um, you know, usually I'm so when... glad that you told me that though. Cause that helps. Cause I just, I think about it now at this point and I'm like, come on. And I think the thing that I've learned is that some of it's just hardwired. Like I'm doing EMDR now and like some of that will get out of my brain and my body and stuff. But yeah, it's just like as many times as I cognitive therapy myself out of it, it's, I'm still uh-huh. feeling it. Right. So For real. Yeah, yeah, I was curious if you, cause you don't really show it. You're a pro as I listen. Well, I mean, I will tell you, I'm not nervous right now. Um, yeah. But I think part of that is because, you know, I've been looking forward to this and, and I know you in a much different way than I know most people that I interview or talk to. And um, oh, and the other thing is like, I really think about, I mean, you didn't ask me this, but I, but I brought up interview. I really think about my conversations with people are you podcast. taking control of this interview? No, right now? I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm just, I'm going, I'm going according <laughs> to I'm my Because I'm learning flow. how to be a good interviewer and I just wanted to check if I need to like watch for that. You can, you can always rein me in, but I, I, okay. I will go. Okay, I'm ready for it. Okay, ready. But I do want to say this because I think this is a key even to who I am and what I do. I okay. try not to think about these conversations that I have with people authors or whatever as interviews I try to think of them as conversations mm-hmm. and I know I loved when you said yeah. that I love that I just I just say I'm going to talk to them about what I'm interested in it's very selfish like I I want to get to know what I want to get to know and then I just assume you know if other people want to sit across <laughs> the proverbial coffee table uh and listen then they will you know but um, cause then it flows organically. I mean, I definitely like when I interviewed you, which hasn't come out. Well, wait a minute now that we're, yeah. Anyway, um, I had a bunch of questions, but I only got to like three of them. I told you that, mm, right. Because yeah. I just let it go. So. Okay. Well, that's a really good tip because I have a question that's like number eight, but I really want to ask it right now. Mm-hmm. So, um, present company excluded who is your favorite person that you interviewed like what was the most inspiring because I just found out about you pretty recently and so and I told you I don't like podcasts but I really really love yours so now I'm kind of stalking all of the episodes and I listen to them like every day which I love but um there's so many and I just don't really even know where to start sometimes so I really liked going back like the one that was like uh spiritual practices you might actually enjoy yeah that one actually influenced my like retreat that I did recently but um I just am wondering which ones you'd suggest like or maybe maybe what you'd suggest isn't what your favorite was but I was really curious what guest inspired you the most by doing this it's a really that is a really hard question because there have been so many that I've really honestly enjoyed. The person that comes up in my mind the first though, mm-hmm. and if, if it's not number one, it's it's top three, you know, is Erin Lane. Uh, she has since become one of my dear friends. She lives in North Carolina. And it was early. We the the episode is I think called it's just called God. Okay. And we so we met through a, an editor. And then we started talking on email like, okay, we, we have to, like, I want to interview you. Mm-hmm. But we decided like we weren't, and we had never talked. And we just said, we're going to press record from the moment we 
like I see your face. And we did that. And we talked all about the gender fullness of God, that God is not not masculine or feminine, but fully masculine, fully feminine, and everything in between, and mm-hmm. then some. And that conversation was so expansive and so fun. And we went for like an hour and a half. And, um, and then that turned into a, like an event that we did in Minnesota. She... Aaron came in and it was really, really cool. So I think that was probably the most um, like electric and um, and fun for me probably. Yeah. I'm excited to listen to it now. now um, I, I will say the quality, this is episode like 30. Yeah. The quality's bad. Because I okay, Gary, so. are you going to one day tell your guests about Gary? Because <laughs> you're going to need to. Because it's going to come up. You know, if my interviewer asks me to, I definitely <laughs> will. Okay, okay. Um, well, another thing that I'm, like, this is what I'm kind of, I'm just so dying to know about you. And I don't know exactly how to ask it, but basically, okay, like, you know, I'm really into recovery, growth, all that kind of stuff, right? And something that I noticed in listening to you, and it actually is true about you in person even more, is that you're not a dick. And I don't know why. And I want to know what happened. Like, I want to know just because I don't believe that I don't think like everybody has to do therapy. I'm not in that camp. Mm -hmm. But I definitely think that we're all in this kind of like asshole recovery, kind of like self-awareness growth kind of journey. So, um, yeah, I was just so curious. Like, I'm like, do we have Mary to thank Mm -hmm. a lot for that? Or what was the pain in your life that you had to work through to get you to this place? Because there's just something very much more real. And I wanted to know kind of Mm. how you're getting there. Well, first of all, thank you. Wow. I mean, that is touching. That's very touching to me for real. So thank you for that. Mm. And I think I trust you in saying that because I don't, I know that you wouldn't bullshit that, you know? Um, Yeah. Because you know me and you know, I actually really have a hard time (laughs) with a lot of people. So if I'm saying that, it's like, yeah, it is for real. And it's like the thing that I was, I remember when I was like listening to some of the other people interview and I was like, I really just want to know, like, what are you doing? That's your, you know, like it's cause it's happening for you. And I just don't, I think there's lots of paths to that. Um, so I'm going to answer in the only way that I know how, and that is I'll start with the first thing that comes to my mind, but then it probably that will lead to something else. And so you might need to cut me off. But what comes to my mind at first is actually a moment in therapy that was about 20 years ago. Um, Mary and I were seeing this therapist named Shannon. She was, uh, is amazing. And I remember I was talking to Shannon about how I was, I was frustrated with how sensitive I was, you know, like I just said, I'm, I'm too sensitive. I take things in too deeply. It's too hard to be me, basically, is what I was saying. Mm-hmm. And so I was sort of asking her in a very roundabout way, teach me some skills to get a thicker skin, you know. And she answered very wisely. Um, and I thank her. I, I remember this so many, so often. I tell people this, not so often, but quite often. She looked at me and she said, Steve, you're sensitive because you sense things. And that's the gift that you bring to the world. Mm -hmm. And she even said, and you're sensual. And at first I was like, well, I mean, I'm 20, you know, eight or whatever. I'm like, oh my gosh, somebody just called me sensual. But she said, she she served me a glass of tea every time I came in and 
She goes, even what you're doing with, you know, the tea, you're stirring it in a certain way and you're handling mm-hmm. the tea bag in a certain way. It's very sensual. And she said, if you develop a thick skin, uh, it might hurt less doing what you do, but you'll, you'll cover over everything that you do really, really well. And I think that's part of my answer. Like I'm, I'm, um, I decided then that I wasn't going to try to get a thick skin, which meant like when Mary and I went through infertility for seven years, it was so hard. But we kind of made a decision that we, at some point, that we were going to let ourselves get all the way disappointed every month mm-hmm. um, and get all the way hopeful every month, you know? Uh, and when you're going through something like that, like infertility or whatever, it, the temptation is just to steal your nerves and just pretend like you're not going to hope and you're not disappointed, thinking that that's what's going to help, have you, help you be healthy. But I think what it does is it just shoves everything down, you know? So I think the more I can be vulnerable and myself, um, the more true I am like do you know what I mean by that totally totally because I totally Um, think that there's something about I really really feel like the people who I admire the most and want to be closest to like their energy I really think the pathway is grieving like I think it's actually because grieving heals us and so I think it's actually feeling those feelings and Mm -hmm. then letting them go and then we transform and then letting them go so I just I think that the people who I really love and I mean this isn't maybe for everybody but they've cried a lot like Mm -hmm. I actually do think that and so yeah people sometimes say with me like about my path and I'm like there's like a lot of suffering to this place but I'm happy for it you know so yeah I thank you for sharing that because I think even something like infertility people can be just dismissive of because so many people go through it but I don't know like whenever I think about it again because I'm really sensitive like I could almost cry thinking about this but I mean my my first daughter it wasn't really planned so that we didn't go through and with my husband like we got married and I think we started trying like six months in and we only had one month where it didn't work and I went through that and when I think about all the people who like just one month of that was mm-hmm. like so disappointing and like so scary and is something. And so then I think about, yeah, when you tell your story and I don't know, I just, um, yeah, I'm just, yeah, there's something probably really huge about that actually in your journey. So I'm mm-hmm. glad that you didn't do the thing where we build a wall and kind of try to put that in a box somewhere because it does yeah, it affects a lot of things. So I'm glad you were brave, you know, Yeah. and Mary was with you in that. Well, and, and I definitely, I mean, you, you mentioned at first, you know, what role does Mary play in that? And she actually plays a really, really big role. She is someone who um, also is, she's a, you know, diagnosed highly sensitive person. Um, and that has in, in ways that like I see her move through her own stuff and name what is uncomfortable and name what feels like too much stimulus and what I mean even like we um we we don't have overhead lights uh, you know in our house like I mean we do but we don't turn them on you know because she can't stand it I mean and at first I was like what's the big deal but now I can't stand overhead lights either you know like someone flips them on and I'm like oh you're um so it's all lamps and 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 I think even that as a metaphor I mean that's real but even that is a metaphor. It's like, how do we attune to someone that we love and live with mm-hmm. in in a way that 
hey, I need there to not be overhead lights on. And I need that not to be a big deal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, not that you ever asked that, but um, like that that helps me, I, you know, sort of say, okay, well, yeah. Like, what am I going to decide what's a big deal and, 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 and what's not? And, you know, I said, now I don't like overhead lights. It's like I was ushered into a new level of sensitivity too that is more sensitive even and is um and i i'm not like i'm I'm trying to i'm trying to explain what i what i really mean by that but it's like being around mary has helped me be more attuned Mm. to myself to people because she is and that's like a choice because you could have really gone the other way because i'm definitely one of those people and like it's there's I would say that 80%, maybe 90, who knows how many percent of the people that just gets annoying, right? And so yeah. you can choose every time to love the person because they're not trying to be annoying or you can get irritated, which I mean, you're not a perfect person. Like that was another question that I had for you is, yeah. okay, listen, like, okay, you are white, 48 male. You've still got hair. You lucky bastard. Oh, barely. You're married. You're it's still, you still got it. You okay. still got it. Married, three kids went through infertility, but still has three kids. Like it's pretty, it's, it looks like the pretty perfect thing on paper. Right. Yeah, yeah. So like, what isn't perfect about your life? Like, what can we know about you to like relate to you to go, okay, he's in the struggle too, like us. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just like this guy that got it and then we can kind of worship him. Like he's got it together or something. Yeah. I think, wow. I mean, again, I'm going to say, I'm going to answer the first thing that comes to my mind and then we'll see where it goes. And I don't know if that means that's the true thing or the, 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 like the surfacey thing. I I don't know really, truly. And I don't know if this is going to be the thing that helps people connect or not. But I would say, um, what I whisper to my good friends, my dear friends, um, I think I actually said it to you at at the airport and we were sitting there almost getting kicked (laughs) out, you know? Um, but I said, it looks like, based on my life, I should be a happy person. Um, but if I'm really honest, I'm really not. I'm not happy with my life. Um, and that, even saying that, like, in any setting, this setting or to a dear friend, that's kind of terrifying, you know, because mm. what does that mean about what I'm not listening to regarding my own soul, my own self? Um, what am I assuming I just have to do or have to be about that I really don't? What, you know, what kind of changes? I mean, it's terrifying and a little bit exciting, but also mostly terrifying. You know, because, <laughs> I'm like thinking um, about your book beginnings. I'm like, it's a beginning. Yeah. It's a beginning. I'm like getting all excited and you're like, mostly terrifying. (laughs) Don't you love when your own stuff comes back at you? Like, I love when I like say stuff and write stuff and I'm like, oh man, I really need to kind of sit with that for a while. Oh yeah. A year later or many years or whatever. I think any of us that's creative in any way, we're the thing that we're hottest about, you know, like the thing that people respond to the most is what we actually need. You know, it's like need for ourselves. Yeah. I'm like talking to myself on Twitter. Like I'm not talking to anybody yeah. else. I'm talking to myself. This is what I need for today. And I, I think that's good art, you know. Like I, I don't think that's disingenuous. I mean I I think that's what how it is. 
we write about, we're, we're, we're compelled to write or sing or paint or whatever about the things that we don't have yet, you know, um, that, that, that we haven't experienced. I mean, how boring would it be, I think, to read a book by someone who had mastered something, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> You know, I don't, I well, don't... there are a lot of them out there. There are a lot of them out there. They well, I sell. But I so... mean, but like, right? So that, but that's the lemming factory, right? I mean, we're everyone's buying those books, but thinking that this is it, you know? This time for sure. Me and my friend have a joke. This time for sure. Yeah. Like, you yeah. get that feeling. Like, this is the thing. And then eventually, after so many of those times, like, okay, maybe not. Maybe not. Okay. So, okay. So, getting back to that question then, because that was really like. Yeah, it's really powerful that you can even say that, you know, out loud and to me and here in this setting. Um, Yeah, I just I think that's another thing I really respect about your podcast, like because I do think that you're aware of ego stuff and I do think you're willing to own when, you know, sometimes we're trying to be authentic as one more mask because that's Mm -hmm, like the mm -hmm. thing. So I get I get that you get that, Mm -hmm. but I still I still kind of see beyond that this like part of you that's like brave like you want to actually take a risk and like it's always that moment you know when you're about to be really real when you have that split second before you do it and you go oh am I gonna tell the truth right now or yeah. should I avoid this right so um so that felt really real to me so do you feel like because I obviously come from the psychology world as well and like it's sort of this fix it thing we always have to fix it right oh you're unhappy and then all of a sudden you're gonna get all these emails like here's how to be happy Steve or right, whatever right right yeah first, right so do you think that like how much of that is just you kind of accepting that we're in this place where mm. things aren't really kind of right here and like mm. we're kind of, you know what I mean, trying to whatever heaven is here or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. like it's just not the way it's supposed to be right now here where we live being this whatever, uh, you know, spiritual being having a human experience. But then mm. how much of that is like like the red light that you have to like pay attention to and mm. like not miss the point like. You know what I mean? Yeah. What do you think about that? So what I hear you asking, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like how much of quote unquote not being happy is just about embracing that this life is messy and it's difficult and the point is not just to walk around, woohoo, you know, I'm yeah, happy. Yeah, yeah. yeah know, totally. Right? Like there's this like my one friend who's a therapist has this like cartoon that the guy is on the couch in the therapist's office and he's like all curled up and then it, it's the therapist is like, it's a beer commercial. <laughs> I don't think yeah. that kind of happiness is really attainable or something like that, right? Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. that's what I'm getting at is like, you know, I like that we can sit with our suffering and it's okay and it doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It actually might mean something's right with you that you're able to feel that and talk about it. Like that mm-hmm. might actually be part of health. But then how much of it is something where you're like, okay, wait a second. Like I really can't just keep ignoring this. There's something. Mm-hmm. No, that's I'm, I'm so glad you asked that. And I do think that there is, you know, there is a kind of unattainable easiness that we're all kind of looking for, including me. Like, I, it makes no sense. But, yeah, I, I want to, I just want to be, you know, woohoo. Then um, how come you take my calls when I call you to interrupt <laughs> you in your 57 meetings with a really funny joke and you send it to voicemail if you really want to be woohoo? I know. I know. Well, and that's right. That's That's part of it. It's like, I think... So I want to say two two things about that. Number one, uh, and you even noticed this and noticed that someone else noticed it, but I I am aware that I'm tired, you know, and I and I it's a it's a long standing tiredness. It's not a 
tiredness that a couple of nights sleep will fix or, you know, some tweaks here and there will fix. And so I think I pay attention to that because I okay. don't, you know, there's a difference between, I mean, I've, I've been around people and I've been here myself where you're suffering, but you're deeply engaged and you're living life fully, you know, yes, and yes. you're sad, but you're doing sad fully. You're, um, you're grieving, but you're doing grieving fully or at least fully as fully as you can. But then there's another like feeling. Like it feels right. It's like a yeah. thing that feels right, even yeah. if it's like painful or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And you would say, I'm not happy, but I'm alive, you know, like I'm feeling alive. What I would say even lately about my unhappiness is I would say it's not that, what I just described. It's a kind of I'm missing something. I'm I'm doing too much of something and not enough of something else. And so in, you know, in the Ignatian spirituality we're trained to, to pay attention to movements of the spirit and mm. St. Ignatius called, you know, the, like notice two things, consolation and desolation. And these aren't feelings of happiness and feelings of being mad. It's like consolation is like you're, you're trained to at the end of every day or at the beginning of the next day. We have that in 12 step. We have that in 12 step too. Yeah, yes. for sure. For like sure. at the end of the day. Okay. Yes. Yep. So reflect you, on your day kind of. Yep. And then you say, not, not like, you know, when did things go right for me? But like, when did my spirit rise? You know, when did I go? Oh, you know, even if is again, it like life giving? Like, is it what is kind of life giving yep. to you? Is that would that be along the when same? When were you energized? There's a number of different questions you can ask. Okay. When were you feeling the most yourself? When were you feeling? Mm. Yeah, like you experienced a life giving something, and you're trained not to edit too much or not to feel like you know if it was like. Um, you felt because your dog nuzzled you with uh, her little, you know, n her nose, and that was the most life giving thing. Yeah, that's it. Like, okay, um, you know, uh, and then what was the most draining? Like, what what things or thing or things drained you? And if you pay attention to that over time, like if you write them down, even you're going to start to see a pattern of the things that you are being invited into by God and the things mm, that, that like makes me want to cry from. when you're talking about it. Cause I'm like thinking about those things. Those things are like what feel most real for me. Yeah. Like it does. It's like actually like, it kind of reminds me of the coffee thing that you do like the spiritual yeah. practice only because I think what was so powerful about that for me is when I smell the coffee mm -hmm. and I welcome God into the place, the coffee smells so good. Mm -hmm. And I start pairing that with God and I go, oh my goodness, like, and I don't realize that inside something in me is still broken that I don't think God mm -hmm. is good until yeah. something is like really good. So yeah. I think when you're talking about that for you and for me and for everybody else, it's like actually what we're, what we're being called to is so good and exciting and fun and like it doesn't have to be draining, you know, yes. or ministry. Yes. Well, and this <laughs> ministry. is what I love. No, really. I mean, I think so many of us, were brought up in religious systems where, you know, it only counted if it really, if you really suffered in doing it and if it was really hard and if it wasn't, it didn't come natural to you, if it didn't bring you joy. But St. Ignatius, this is what I love. I mean, this is, you know, centuries old spiritual discernment. Like what St. Ignatius really believed was that, that the way God speaks to us is through those experiences of consolation and desolation. And we can, and, and of course, there's there's sort of like false desolation, you know, things where, you know, maybe you're afraid of something that you really need to do, and without a little bit more discernment, you might call that desolation, but sure. then you're just like, oh. Um, 
but it, for the most part, what I like about it is, is because it, it means we can trust, like the spirit speaks to us in those feelings and in those, mm-hmm. you know, sort of intuitions and which in really goes moments. against the whole theory of like, the heart is deceitful above right. all things. right? right. Like. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, and again, and, and if you don't, I'm talking to the listeners for a second now, if you don't, Jan just quoted a scripture that I don't know where it comes from, the Psalms or something. And, and, and that's been used as a weapon against people who are trying to follow their heart, follow their heart, you know? No, you can't trust your heart. Well, if we can't trust our own heart, our own, like, then we're left to trust some idiot that tells us to do something, <laughs> really, for real. Like, I mean, that's a religious... That hasn't done asshole recovery. <laughs> yes. No, for real. But then, I mean, that's why, you know, that's 100% how false spiritual leaders, to, to say it that that straightly, control people, you know? You, yeah. you can't trust yourself. You have to trust me. And then you're like, ah, I mean, of course, Jen, I'm sure you've talked to people in therapy where it's like, and you're trying to sort of help them see like, oh my gosh, you were in a bad religious system. Like it was spiritual abuse. And they're like, oh my gosh. I mean, you mean yeah. like it wasn't okay that they made me feel terrible because I disagreed with them? No, that's not okay. <laughs> you know, so. No, and I think the really hard thing about that for me, and I don't know about for you, but I know that we all have a lens and we will all have the same way we have a higher power of our own understanding. We'll all have a Jesus of our own understanding. We'll have a Holy Spirit of our own understanding. I get that. But I know that I know that I'm biased, but like my Jesus is so wonderful. Like if somebody asked me, like I remember one time at church, they asked me like, what do you, what is a personal relationship with Jesus mean to you or something? And I just started thinking about Jesus and I was like, I literally was starting to cry and I was just like, and I'm not a big crier. Like I'm crying here talking to you because this is real and you're getting real. But I mean, just there are certain things that are so touching. And so yeah, like I, I, what is so heartbreaking to me about that is that it seems like there's only two options, like mm-hmm. be part of that system and do as we say or leave. Mm-hmm. And then we're all just kind of refugees going like, what the hell do we do now? Because, you know, so that's why for my Jesus, I'm like, I, I, I want to create these third spaces and yeah. ways where it's like, well, just try this out a little bit. You know, like my hairdresser was like, man, I'm going on this trip and my ex-boyfriend's going to be there. And I was so looking forward to it. And it's like my friend's wedding. We're going to be in Mexico and he's going to be there. And man, it's just driving her nuts. Right. And I just got to talk to her about this, like spiritual principle and recovery of praying for that person. Mm-hmm. And, and literally we were just talking about it as like, if you just want to be out of the obsession of the mind, it's not to like, help them or not. Mm-hmm. It's just to be out of this obsession of the mind. And like this principle of really praying all the good things you would wish for yourself for like that mm-hmm. asshole, like actually doing <laughs> yeah. it. Yes. And, uh, you know, and so it's like, yeah, it's, it actually is quite powerful and like life giving. And so I like what you're doing because it seems like for you too, you know, we talked about your intention in this. Cause I loved, I was like studying how to ask good questions. And Oprah says, to every single guest before she does the interview, what is your intention, right? Mm-hmm. And when you said your intention, help me understand that because your intention really in this podcast, this interview, but also in your the larger scope of what you do in your work is also similar to me about people finding these other ways to grow spiritually or 
a Jesus of their own understanding or not. You know, yeah. what's your what's your favorite thing? You say it a lot. Like you're like, God, yeah. universe karma. No, 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 not at oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. universe karma, parking spot, whatever. Like it's like you yeah. have a whole run on. So whatever that is, you seem passionate about people still being able to access that without having to either be told what to do in the unhealthy system or bail and have nothing. Yeah. So like, why is that so important to you? Yeah. So before, um, I sort of state the intention, I want to say the philosophy behind it. Um, and that may sound backwards, but I, I don't, I don't think it will be. Um, so I have ended up talking to so many people who they, they sort of, you know, they set up a meeting with me and maybe we have a beer, maybe it's coffee, maybe it's just even in the office, uh, at, at the church. And, and they'll start sort of sidling around this topic and they're, they'll essentially be saying, I feel terrible because I'm losing my faith and I, I don't okay. want to lose it, but I, nothing's working anymore. Like when I try to pray, I, like the words don't come to me anymore or, you know, I pick up my Bible and I just feel disappointed and, and I, I don't like even reading it. And I sit in church, I'm talking about Christians right now, but could be anyone. Um, and the worship songs, I just don't even like to sing them. They just sound silly to me. And what's wrong with me? And when I listen to them, what I love t- telling them, and of course, you know, what's wrong with me? I mean, I could, you could list 17 things that are wrong with me, you know, but that's never a good place to start when you're trying to rebuild something, right? T- trying to name what's wrong with you and fix it. I'm going to say is one of the worst things that Christianity has become. Like like evangelical Christianity 2020 is obsessed with change and transformation and and I actually think anytime we we notice a thing that I don't care if you want to call it wrong with you or it's not working that you are at a doorway. Like that is a moment where you're at a threshold. And you're looking back. If you look back, you will see the things that you used to believe and that you used to do in order to connect with God or to connect with people. And when you look forward, you're going to see nothing but mystery and emptiness and, you know, ambiguity and what is that and slippery slope and all that stuff. And people get stuck there and stuck at that threshold. And so a threshold is a place where, like, picture you're walking from one room to another and you hit a doorway and you have the choice to go through it. Well, most people understand, like, if you're on a journey, you're going to keep moving forward. I mean, that's what you do. And when you're a little kid, if you you have a kid, but even if you don't have a kid, when you grew up, like, there was moments where you passed through puberty and then you made it through, you know? (laughs) Like, mm-hmm. and then you weren't in puberty anymore. But when it comes to spirituality, we feel like when we get to these threshold moments where we say that what used to work isn't working anymore, we translate that as failure. But what I try to help people do is translate that as graduating. You know, like, I, mm. I, I try to say, like, like, I, mean, <laughs> I wish people could see yeah. you right now with your arms up in the air, like, yes, like, I love that. Yeah. So, um, and again, I like, there might be 17 things wrong with you. Who I don't care, but that that's a terrible – we won't start there. What I help people to do is to even say like um, even the, the – so the great example you just brought up about praying for people, praying all the good, I love that practice. And there might be someone who says, I don't have the words, you know, like I don't mm-hmm. – I can't come up with them. So what I would say is like – you've graduated to a level of prayer that most people don't get to. 
and I really believe this is true, like prayer without words, I think, now it's not better or worse. It's just like when you can learn to pray without words, you know, so like you might just picture. So this is what I do with some people that I am pissed off at. I think they're assholes. I hate them. Um, I try to picture myself walking them into a room where Jesus is and leaving them there and walking away. <laughs> That's all I can do. You know what I mean? I don't say anything. I, I may give a wink or something, you know, but I, I just, right? And so like, or someone asks you, hey, would you pray for me? You know, in that immediate, like, shit, I don't want to commit to that because I don't know if I'm going to remember, you know? So someone, someone taught me this, like to say, you know what, I will pray for you as God brings you to my mind, you know, right? Mm -hmm. So like, like we're not shackled by the things that we used to believe. And I really believe Now I'm, I'm, I'm going on a run here. um, But like, if, if, if the pattern of the universe revealed through the Christ is birth, death, resurrection, right? You, You can also call that construction, deconstruction, reconstruction, then it makes sense that how we believe and how we think will go through that process, right, of birth, death, and resurrection. And so I want to create opportunities for people to linger, this is my intention, to linger at those thresholds and be okay with whatever fear comes up, be okay Mm. with whatever... Uh, but to sit in there long enough to look back and then to thank God, the universe, the parking spot, karma, whatever, for bringing you through that because you needed all those things when you needed them and they were good and they were helpful and they were, you can be grateful for all those things. But you can also look forward and say, I, I have outgrown those things. I've graduated from that and now I need something bigger to hold me. So like when God says to Moses in Exodus Chapter three, my name is I will be what I will be. You know, we have to ask, like, what is God saying there? Um, God is saying, like, you can't pin me down. And so if, like Richard Rohr says, if, if we say God is mystery, that doesn't mean that, that God is not knowable. It means God is endlessly knowable. And I love mm. that because it means we can always grow. So that's, like... I'm passionate about helping people not get freaked out in those threshold moments, not feel like they have to go back, not feel like there's something wrong with them, but to start taking steps forward. And then, so when I write, when I preach, when I do podcasts, I'm trying to create content. (laughs) (laughs) There's your accent. It's content, everybody. Content. I'm trying to create content um, (laughs) that that gives people permission to move forward. Um, okay, so here's the thing yeah. that's screaming at me when yeah. you're saying that right now, because I love it, and I hear a lot of people talk about this kind of stuff, but just because I'm in this world, right? Maybe everybody listening hasn't heard a lot of people say this, but I hear it a lot, right? So, And I get that I'm biased, but the thing that's like screaming inside me when you're saying that is, what about community? Because I think it's all great to say, woohoo, you're at the threshold, but I have been at that threshold before. And even more recently in my own life, I've actually had to step away from 
12 step communities. So I've actually had to do the same thing I had to do with evangelical church Mm -hmm. with actual 12 step groups because of some of the ways that that was oppressive, but I got to hold on to the baby, you know, get rid of some of the bathwater that I experienced Mm -hmm. to create my own 12 step communities that are more inclusive and like embracing of things. But that actual thing where you're like part of a tribe until you start to challenge the tribe from within and then there, then you're out again and then you're kind of on your own like that. I don't know how I would do it without the people who are close to me. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that, and I barely have that sometimes that people who really get it or everybody's busy or whatever. I mean, I don't, I'm not married, etc. So I just wonder, like, I want to invite people to that and like champion that, but I just kind of am like, well, what are we doing you know, to also create gatherings or like, what do you feel about that anyway, about the whole community aspect Mm -hmm. of that being necessary? Like, you know what I mean? Yep, totally. Well, I think it's, I think it's such a great question. And I also want to nuance, like when I say stepping through the threshold, like you'll notice, I really didn't say that if you step through a threshold, you'll necessarily leave a tribe. Many times you will. Right. Many times you will. But I don't, think it's always necessary and it certainly you could um and and for reasons of safety for reasons of sanity for reasons of like to get yourself out of abusive situations whether that be physical spiritual sexual whatever there are times where you need to get the hell out you know um right now and not wait but many many other times we actually need to do the hard work of you know, I love I that. Yeah, like, yeah, I like love what linger, you're getting at. Yes, to linger long enough, and I'm, I'm telling you, there's a guy that that just is in a situation that I'm in right now with a group of people that's trying to figure something out, you know, and it's tense, and it's like there's different opinions and stuff, and this guy is probably is among the minority opinion, and but he. I got to tell him, like, I so appreciate how you're holding this. I really Mm. admire it. And he said, well, what's become most important to me is that we hold on to each other in love throughout this process. Mm. And so it would have been super easy for him to leave. Yes. And it would have been okay. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't have blamed him. I would have got it. But he chose not to. And because he chose not to, because he lingered and is still lingering. And I don't know what the outcome will be. I don't know. But he's like, he is expanding as a person. No, I love it. I love it. I love it. Because I I think that you just clarified for me and like probably people listening, maybe some of them too. But I know for me for sure um, that the thresholds aren't the big thing. Because those, the big things were what were coming to my mind. But I think of a lot of little ones Mm -hmm. in my own life. And like, I remember like, because there's so many beautiful things in 12 step. And that's why I've dedicated like my life now to starting these communities. So I love it, love it, love it. And I remember when, you know, unity is one of the three pillars. And I remember sitting in a room and like one of the things that I had to grow so much is some people would be sharing and it wasn't anything bad. It wasn't anything abusive or anything. It was just, they were kind of rambling and they were new and it just seemed like, oh, it was just, it was bothering me and just annoying. And it'd be like 20 minutes and you're supposed to have like a three minute share. And the rule (laughs) part of me is like, ah, you know, and, uh, and I remember I just would have to hold on to my chair. Like I'd have to hold the bottom of my chair and I would just like really try to be present and realize that I'm growing by sitting my butt in this chair. And, 
like I'm growing in tolerance and patience and, you know, love and I'm embracing unity. And so I just, I don't know, that's what's coming up for me when you're saying that is like, oh yeah, like it's, and that is your other favorite word is. is and, and thank, thank we you, can Katie also Schlank stay for teaching me and rather than what is it instead of, but you say, and right. Yeah, is that the thing? And, and I'm going to tell you why, if, can I tell you why? Yeah, you First can. of all, it's, it's my friend Katie. It's your show, even though I'm taking the helm well, for a day. Well, I love it. No, <laughs> like, so, you know, the big thing right now is everyone's talking about dualism because Richard Rohr is talking about dualism and being anti-dualistic. But we can, like, there's a way of being anti-dualistic that's dualistic. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, you can't even hear me yeah. say that, right? So even, so my friend Katie, who's just, been through so much and is so. I also love Mean Green. It fits into like the Mean Green. Do you know about like oh, the whole yeah, spiral? Yeah, yeah, spiral dynamics. Yeah, I love it. I love when you like learn something and yeah. then you get like, really aggro about like. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> mean Green. So anyway, this is a whole different uh, podcast, but spiral dynamics and you can be so progressive, but like I I call that the insufferable self righteousness of, <laughs> of progressive people. Um, and so put me in that category, right? You know, but I know we only laugh in 12 step when we can identify with what you're saying. Yes. So that was yes. my big burst of laughter. I'm like, I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about, Steve. <laughs> right. No. So my friend Katie taught me to notice when I'm making a statement that includes, I'm saying this, 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 but this, 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 this. Mm -hmm. And it's such a natural thing, but what we're doing there is we're setting one thing over and against the other thing in a way that's not necessarily necessary. Sometimes it is. I'm not saying some things are this or that, but many things, many things are this and that. I liked it. It felt more yeah. gentle for you when you're helping me with my microphone. <laughs> yeah, see, <laughs> because we're so. <laughs> super quickly like so what dualism simply is is when our when our mind is in charge and for most of us in the western world it's always in charge our mind's only job is to is to categorize things into this or that good or bad safe or dangerous um you know friend or foe and the mind is always trying to I, i'm talking to i know you know this jen i'm talking to people um, but the mind is always trying to categorize and solve problems. Yeah. I kind of forget this stuff though. I yeah. always need reminders. So I'm, I'm, in, okay. I'm tracking with you. And when, when we're stuck in our minds, every time we, we enter, we encounter something unfamiliar, the mind will categorize it good or bad, safe or dangerous, you know, enemy or, f or friend. And the word, just simply the, the spiritual, I want to call it spiritual, the spiritual practice of inserting the and instead of the but is a way to get out of your mind and into a deeper place. The mind. I'm kind of excited about it. Like I kind of want to try it actually as a practice, like yeah. actually like the coffee thing. Like I yeah. actually want to look at some situations and see if that changes me and sort of changes my mindset a little bit about certain things. So I'll give you a super, like a super fun, but very normal example, right? Okay. You're standing in line at Starbucks or your favorite coffee shop. The line is long. And the people behind, or let's say Chipotle, because I find mine really like. <laughs> we don't have that in Canada. Okay. We don't have Chipotle. Okay, well. Chipotle's and I'm gonna not going to tell you that I go to McDonald's because people will judge me. 
oh, you know what? I, I won't because sometimes a quarter pound of the cheese is just the way to go. <laughs> um, so, but actually that answers the question. I, I'm, I'm not going to go off on this, but I was wondering like if you're a vegan or not based on what I've seen you eat O-M-G. barely. So no. you're not. The girl okay. who sleeps in till noon is not a vegan. Not a vegan. Like <laughs> that takes her kids okay. to the bus and then goes and sleeps in. I'm not playing that game. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's say so. So back to dualism, right? And and back to the practice of and. Okay, so you're hey. standing in line anywhere, and it, it's a long line, and who's ever working is slow. Okay, and you notice yourself getting mad. Okay, right? Got it. And allows you to be fucking mad. But then, or but then, and then laugh at that and say, oh my gosh, what a, like, what a hilarious person I am. Am I, like, and not in a judgmental way, right? In a funny way. You're yes. laughing at yourself. Like, oh, like, I am so important and so busy that I can't be inconvenienced by, you know, five extra minutes at the coffee shop. Like, yes. Pete Holmes, the comedian who I love, he's always saying, like, imagine you're watching yourself on a TV show, right? And you're going to laugh at yourself in moments like that. Like, well, like what is Jen? Oh yeah. No, I totally get what you're saying because it happens in 12 step all the time. What happens is like, because people have grown quite, quite a bit, they'll be telling a story about something that they're doing. And on one level, they're actually talking about it because they're getting healthier. Like I was Uh getting really aggravated with blah, 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 blah. But while they're telling it, like we'll all just like well not all of us but some of us like with a we'll like spontaneously burst out laughing uh-huh. because we know we were just doing that also <laughs> like yes. whatever so yeah there is something beautiful it just feels more like you say expansive often it feels yeah. that feeling right like it's more inclusive and yeah. you see more and you can embrace more and well because okay because the alternative okay there's really two alternatives to to that laughing at yourself getting mad and moving on. The one alternative is to be so self-reflective and self-referential that you notice yourself doing that and then you immediately feel terrible. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so, I mean, I just got frustrated with that worker and oh, what a, you know, like, oh, right. what a terrible person I am. And we don't say those words, but that that's judgmental thoughts. Or, you know, you can just give in and just be like waste those next five minutes in a swirl of anger and, you know, and infect everyone around you and be toxic. You know what I mean? Like, so, totally. but, but, but they're like to be so, um, so truly non-dualistic and have the journey from the mind to the heart in that moment, we can do that. Like we, we can be frustrated, notice it. And then, it can be a quick movement to laughing at, at, mm. at yourself. It, it, I think we all need therapy. I think we all get stuck. I think it's, you can't always do that. But I think it's, it's probably easier than we think, you know? Yeah, right? totally. To just make totally. that That's move. why I love practice and like community and stuff just because these little reminders, like we have the 72 hour rule, like, and we say that, you know, when you're, you realize something like this is so good right now, but then we'll forget 72 oh, yeah. hours from now we're, we'll, we'll forget. So 100%. yeah, I love the idea of practice, like just a couple things you can try for a while and see what happens. I love that. Okay. So I'm conscious of time. Um, so I want to maybe do a couple more. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay, sweet. Um, Okay, so just kind of more like lightning round style. Yeah, yeah. 
what are your five favorite things about America? Because I am a Canadian. <laughs> I am a Canadian and I can't I can't take it anymore. I can't, man. I've been like <sighs> ministry for 20 years in the States and I hear people, all Americans, like it's like this constant self-hatred. So okay. I love America. I love my American friends. I know there's a lot of stuff going on, but I want to know what are your five favorite things about America? Oh, you are terrible right? person for asking right? me that question Good um, but I love but again thank you okay okay so okay Ready? um in no order the Rocky Mountains mm, we okay. have those two here okay the Rocky Mountains the left coast what's the left coast the west coast it's where I was born oh okay whereabouts just I the was, whole coast I, yeah the whole left coast I love the pack northwest the la- I love okay, the, the last you're not allowed to be geography. I'm, I'm accepting these as your answers, but I'm going to need you to go a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I have to say a caveat, but I'll make it super quick. Um, this can get us into lots and lots of trouble, but I do love the general spirit of possibility. Like mm-hmm. we can do it. We can do hard things. We can invent something that's never been invented before. We're not stuck. I think that is an American thing. Now, again, mm-hmm. it can get, it can get nasty. Anything can be corrupted, right? But yes, yeah. I like that. Okay. And actually, when I travel around the U.S., I love the diversity. I love when I'm in, in the southern states, um, how gentle and honestly warm they mm. are. Mm. Uh, people from the south. Um, and then, of course, you're going to get the bless your heart, which is, is the south's way of saying And the you slowness. Idiot. Like, I don't know if you notice that, but my best friend's from Alabama. Yeah. And I'm from a city in Calgary and like are in Canada, Calgary. And um, they're so slow. Yeah. Like when I go to like Chick-fil-A, everything's so slow and nobody's uh-huh. in a hurry. I'm like, ooh, mm-hmm. I like this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So I do love the, the diversity, you know, and, 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 and even in like this is geography, but it's more about people. Okay. So that's four, right? So I have one more. Yeah, you got one more. But diversity, you're explaining a little bit more, right? Uh, yeah. Well, just just saying, like, of course, I love the diversity of people of color, and but that's not what I was talking about right there. I, I was talking about the like the way uh, people in the different geographical regions people live in. People are so different from from one another. Okay. Like, you know, the Midwest is so different from the Northeast, from the South, um, and and we all sort of make fun of each other um, in that way. Okay. And okay, you're gonna think I'm the biggest nerd for saying this, but I love <laughs> I love watching the NFL. Okay. I love okay. watching professional football. It is, and I know people are going to get for that. People are going to add at me for that. But... <laughs> Why? What? What is it about? What is it? What do you love about it? What does it do for you? I think it stirs. I'm a three, so a competition is still a big, you know. Um, but it's that that competitive, like yes, like people are going to put it all out there and do their very best. And we get to watch it, you know, and of course there's all kinds of weirdness with the NFL and I have friends that like, they won't even watch the NFL because, you know, the corruption and blah, blah, blah. And okay. And, but you know what, if we use and exactly, and came to mind, I love that you're using and even with football. I love it. Okay. That's exciting. Okay. And, uh, how did it feel to actually say a few positive things about your country? Super hard. It would have been much easier to do five (laughs) negative things. Much easier. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, that's the therapist. We're all just How does it make you feel? We're all just <laughs> like so the therapist. How does it make you feel to say a few positive things about <laughs> yourselves, America? <laughs> all right, I want to ask you about Justin Trudeau, but that's be later. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so um, okay, so a couple more. So I really, 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 really love the story when you're telling your son about when he was brave and he's three. Is it Isaac um, when Isaac, he's three? Yeah, old? Yeah. And he turn he's he locks mom out and he turns the tap is running it's about to overflow mm-hmm. and he turns off the tap and the babies are there and so I love that story okay, um, but what I loved about it was how you're actually speaking to your son and giving him a concrete example of when he's brave so it's very very different in therapy when we have this mm-hmm. exercise with couples where they point out qualities that they like about each other I appreciate blank about mm-hmm. you whatever, but. Taking it a step further, you have to actually come up with a concrete example of when they displayed that characteristic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It becomes more real. So I love that. So I want to know a concrete example of when you were brave. Hmm. Well, uh, just really, I'm not going to tell details because I can't. But I, but just very recently, I advocated for myself in a way mm-hmm. that was going to cost me something um, and cost me probably a couple of things. <laughs> um, but I, after talking to several people that really, really love me, um, I knew that, and it felt selfish. It felt um, like I wasn't allowed to do this thing that I did to advocate for myself. It felt like, who you know, you can't do this. But I did it anyway. Mm, I love it. And I don't know what the outcome will be. Um, I still feel a little, you know, but it was brave. It was brave because I was afraid that I wasn't allowed to do it, you know, or they would be, I would be penalized in some way. And I might be, you know, I might be. But what I realized was if I don't, there is something inside of me that will be very hurt. Like I will... And I didn't, I, like I realized if I didn't advocate for myself, I was saying to some part of myself, it's okay that you get the shit knocked out of you um, mm. for this bigger something. And so to say, no, 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 felt, felt good, and, but, but it was brave. Thank you. I like that. Okay. Um, last one, rose, bud, and thorn, because we both do rose okay. and thorn, but you taught me bud. Um, in your life right now, what's the rose or a rose? What's the bud or a bud and what's the thorn? So for those of you who don't do this, and this is a really fun thing to do with <laughs> your kids fun. or with your roommates or with your partner or whatever. But so rose is like, what is something good that happened to you today that you feel glowing about? It's kind of like constellation, desolation in, in, in a certain way. Yeah. Um, and then bud is what are you looking forward to? It's coming mm. up. And then thorn is, you know, what was a hard, what was a hard thing that you just need to name? You know, it was hard. Uh, and you can do it for today or like recently, right? I mean, you're not going to pin mm-hmm. me to like the last 24 hours. No, 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 no. Whatever you want. Just like a, yeah, a good thing, a hard thing. And what are you looking forward to? Mm-hmm. Well, um, a good thing. I... My, one of my oldest friends who I've known for 22 years and with whom I've, I 
had a a very dark breakup and then reconciled. Mm. He, one of our mutual friends is a musician and he wrote this song um, called Old Friends. And he sent it to my friend with whom I've reconciled. And then my friend sent that song to me and two other guys who are all old friends. And um, I probably listened to that song seven times in a row. Um, And then this morning again, and I cried. And I'm, um, I mean, super. So I'm on a a pretty low dose of an antidepressant, anti-anxiety med. Um, And, but like, it's even the low dose, I I struggle with it because I can't cry as easily. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Totally, Um, totally. So it's like, oh God, you know, what's the trade-off, right? But um, if I don't take it, then... Anyway, that's a different conversation. But um, but I did cry, and that felt really good because I was. Some of the lyrics in it are basically like, you only get a few old friends, and they're forged through time. They're like diamonds. Mm. They're forged through time and pressure. You know, and anyway, the fact that it came from this guy, that at one point in my life I thought. Well, that that was just it's just over. It's done. Um, was oh my gosh, what a rose. Um, but I'm gonna say it. You're coming to town. We're gonna record some podcasts. It's true. It's true. And I can't wait to spend some more time with you. And I can't wait for you to meet some of my important people and Mary and um, my kids and stuff. That'll be really fun. So that's my bud for sure. Um, Thorn, gosh, I'm just in this sensitive place, and I got a really pretty benign response via email from someone mm-hmm. that is totally 100% for me, but responded in a, in a certain way that felt a little dismissive to me. Um, and I think it probably was a little dismissive, you know? Um, but, you know... That that hurt a little bit. Mm. So that's my thorn. Thank you for letting me do this with you. Mm, so fun. I wish we had another hour. I know. I've learned a lot. And yeah, I just appreciate you kind of letting me in and You're your willingness really to be. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm trying. This, this is, is my, what is this, my third podcast interview ever <laughs> it's your first one so, asking the questions though first right? one asking questions yeah. yeah and third one ever with a microphone and you still have to not tell me when you press record because i get too much anxiety <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it no you're really good i mean like okay so this would be my favorite interview that i've been interviewed mm. i'll tell you that yeah thank you mm-hmm. well did we press stop Boom. I'm not going to tell you when we we (laughs) press stop. (laughs) Hey, friends, thanks so much for listening to This Good Word. If you love this podcast, there's three ways that you can support my work. 
One is by jumping on Patreon, patreon.com slash thisgoodword. You can become a patron at various levels and get lots of good free stuff, including free tickets to any live events that I do, signed books, and other stuff. The second way is to share your favorite episodes via Twitter and Facebook, uh, email, however it is that you share content. Let some friends know that you love it. And then third is to go on iTunes and leave a rating or a review. So thanks so much, my friends. We are dust and breath. We are limited and limitless. We are human and holy, and we are in it together.